ask you to join me, if you will, and turn in your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, we'll be looking at verse 12 this morning. Many have asked me and remember the first sermon I preached on the Ten Commandments introduction. I mentioned how I learned these Ten Commandments through a lady teaching hand signs for all of them, if you remember that. Many of you asked me about those hand signs, and everybody, uh, I, I mentioned a few of them, and talked about how they worked, and I think everybody was, was fascinated by that, some of you even in this service here. And so I just, you know, some people have got to me, well, how do you do the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother? How do you do that with a hand sign? And so I just simply show you that it's real easy. It's the fifth commandment. You take all of your hand there, all five fingers, and you simply do like this, and you simply say, honor your father and mother. So I wanted to say that because I haven't mentioned these the last couple of weeks because I figured y'all would figure it out or make up your own. But I wanted to help you with that one this morning. This service will be a little bit different at the end. I'll preach this morning from this passage, the fifth commandment, and then we will go directly into recognizing our graduates as they will come in at the end of the service and we'll be able to pray with them. And Josh will have a video and he will have a moment just to share with you. So we'll be moving directly into that time together at the end of the service. It is uh, in the providence of God, or really it is, whenever we planned this um, series on the Ten Commandments, I really had no idea or didn't really look at the calendar to see that on graduation Sunday that we would be at the Fifth Commandment, honor your father and your mother. And what's even better about this, to top it all off, is I have a graduate myself. So I'm excited about this last little command here that I'll be able to give to them as we look to this together. God has worked it out. So we want to look at Exodus chapter 20. We'll look at verse 12. Just one simple verse uh, this morning in Exodus chapter 20 verse 12 as we will consider uh, the fifth commandment. Remember as the uh, people of God had gathered at the base of Mount Sinai. God had come down there on the mountain and showed himself in his glory and his splendor, clouds and fire, and he began to speak to them out of the thunder. In verse 1 of chapter 20, and God spoke all these words, saying, and in verse 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you today, God, that you have uh, blessed us with the privilege of being able to worship you. And so now as we look together at our passage, at this commandment, help us to apply it to our lives for your glory, God, and for your honor, we pray. Amen. Traditionally, as we study the Ten Commandments, we understand them to be in two parts. Some have said these are the two tables of the commandments, if you will, Commandment 1 through 4 being the first table, the first four commandments, and then commandment 5 through 10 being the, the last six or the second table. 
The first table, as I said, is called, uh, concerns our response and how we relate to God as a people. If you think of it that way, you think of it in the vertical, how we relate to God in the vertical relationship. What is expected from us? What is expected from us in our relationship to God? How are we to demonstrate our love for him and our obedience toward him? And those first four commandments tell us that we're to worship him alone in the way that he has taught us to worship him. We're to honor and respect his name and we're to rest in him completely. So this is how we relate to the Lord in that first table. Then the second table, if you will, starting here in the fifth commandment, these govern how we are to treat one another. The first one is the vertical relationships. The second one are the horizontal relationships, if you will. How is it as we live our life dedicated to serving and following God, how is it that we are to treat one another? Obviously, our human relationships cannot be separated from our relationship with God. Obviously, these relationships go together, our vertical and our horizontal. And to, to understand this, if you will, we, we can consider the teachings of Jesus himself. In Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 22, Jesus is confronted there in verse 34 with the Pharisees and the Pharisees and the Sadducees had gathered together. Their attempt was to catch Jesus in some sort of trick, ask him some question he cannot answer, get him to give some sort of response that wasn't helpful. So they ask him about the paying uh, taxes to Caesar and who gets those kind of things. They asked him about the resurrection and, and which one receives the resurrection for the, the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees different on their opinion of the resurrection and their understanding of it. And then they get to this question. When a lawyer steps up, one who is uh, familiar with the law, one who is familiar with those things, this lawyer steps up and he, ha he has a good question for him. You have these Ten Commandments. So the lawyer says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Which one is more important? Knowing that how Jesus answers this could be a way that they could catch him in some sort of heresy or some sort of statement against Scripture. And Jesus responded, I would like to think really quick, like they're trying to catch him, you know, in this quick deal. And it just simply says, and he said to them, this is not a hard question. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Remember, we talked about these Ten Commandments are binding to us, but not binding in the way we may think. They're not binding in uh, for us in that we must do them to earn salvation. As we saw in Exodus chapter 20, verse 2, that redemption has already been applied and accomplished to them. So here... In Exodus 20, verse 2, Jesus, uh, the Lord says, I'm the one who brought you out of Egypt. I'm the one that brought you out of bondage of slavery. Now here's how you are to live. And so these Ten Commandments are binding to us because as God's people chosen by him, set apart as his treasured possession, as Exodus 19 says, this is how we love God. And so we keep these commandments to demonstrate our love for God. If you say you love God and you do not keep his commandments, First John says, then you are a liar. And so here, the Lord says, this is it. So Jesus, confronted by this, he summarizes, instead of giving one law above the other, he summarizes all of the law and it says, first, it's this, love God. 
with everything you have. That's it. But what's interesting here, what's interesting here is what Jesus says next. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. In other words, the second commandment, I'm going to say, now, now remember the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't ask for the second one. They didn't ask for which, what, what orders this, what number one or number two, which one is it? They didn't ask for this, but the Lord interjects here. That's something that we need to understand because here the Lord says the first one is love the Lord your God with everything you have, but the second one is just like it. They go together in other words. They're two sides of the same coin. You cannot have one without the other. You cannot you say you love God and hate your neighbor as John says. And so here he says first love God, second love others. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so in this, in this statement here, Jesus summarizes all of the, all of the law, loving God and loving neighbors, the vertical and the horizontal, all of it is summarized. And he said, all of it goes together. When we consider the vertical, then when we consider our relationship with God, the first commandment, as we said before, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. That first commandment is the foundational command really for all but most clearly for the first four in other words this one is first you you cannot uh uh keep the other three if you don't first keep number one you cannot keep the other three if you don't first honor the first one so the first commandment is foundational really for all of the commandments but most particularly for that first section on that vertical relationship and when we consider the second table starting here in verse five the horizontal relationships, then what I would offer to you this morning is that the fifth command becomes the foundation of them. Just as command number one becomes the foundation of the first set. You cannot keep the others until you keep this one. Love the Lord your God with all your, with all your, uh, you should have know the gods before me, excuse me. You cannot keep the others until you keep that one. So it is now. Loving God must come first. And we cannot truly love one another unless we love God. But when we consider the second table, the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother, is the foundation for loving of neighbor. In other words, let me put it to you like this. When one considers the statement of Jesus, love your neighbor as yourself, then loving our neighbor starts at home. Loving our neighbor starts in our house itself. The foundation for all of the rest of these Ten Commandments, this second table, if you will, of loving one another, the foundation for it here is in this command. You cannot love your neighbor unless you love and honor your father and your mother. It starts there. It begins in that place. The relationship between a parent and a child, if you will, is the first and primary relationship in all of human society. And notice here, as he says it, honor your father and mother. It takes both of these. None of us in this room have been, have been born without a father and a mother. Each one of us are here because we have a father and a mother. The family, as one has put it so clearly, is the first hospital, the first school, the first government, and the first church that we all know. Parents are your first doctors. Lord, we know that by all means, don't we? I'll leave that up to Allison, by the way, to take care of those things. 
Parents are your first teachers. Parents are your first leaders. Parents are your first understanding of what government looks like. Like we've said many times in my household, this is not a democracy. Parents are your first Sunday school teachers, teaching you God's word and teaching you the things of God. The idea here is simple. If we do not honor our parents at home, then we will not, we will not respect anyone anywhere else. That's why it's so important. That's why this is the, the foundational block of all of, all of society. And so it's important that we understand this commandment even better this morning. So let's look at it together. We see first that honor and what honor means. If we're going to understand this passage, we must understand what honor means. And we need to see that honor is of great importance. Honor is of great importance. Literally, it means heavy or weighty. That's what it means. Give weight to or heaviness here. The Hebrew word is kaved. It's the same word that the Old Testament uses for the glory of God. And so when we see the glory of God, we give weight to Him. His glory demonstrates how much He is worth, in other words. And so and for us, and that's, that's that idea of weight. The idea of weight would simply be this. Back in those days, things were measured how much they are worth by how much they weighed. You would have the scales. You would tip them off. And so how much something was worth was demonstrated by how much it weighed. And so when you say you want to give glory or weight to something, then you recognize that that thing is worth a great deal. And so God's glory is weighty. It's the weightiest of things because it is worth the most. And so here we see in this passage when he says give honor, we're to give weight. There's worth in these things for our families and our parents. To, your, to honor your parents is to give them the due weight to their position. To the due weight to their position in your life as your parents. To honor them is to respect them. To honor them is to esteem them. To honor them is to value them. To honor is to consider your parents as gifts to you from God. The opposite of honor, then, is to dishonor. The opposite of honor is to disrespect. And in order to show how weighty this is, I want us, I want to speak clearly here about what the Bible says about those who disrespect or dishonor their parents. Exodus chapter 21, verse 17, just one page over. Listen to this. Now, now, I'm going to encourage you, maybe today's the first time you hear these verses, and if you're a parent, be careful how you use them, okay? Don't, don't pull them out until, until it's quite the right time. But listen to what the Scripture says. Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. Y'all see, the weightiness of this. Not only does he say, honor your parents, honor your father and mother. Now, as you get to the case law, if you will, in Exodus 21, he says, whoever curses his father and mother shall be put to death. The same thing comes again in Leviticus chapter 20. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 20, verse 20 says. If one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. Or listen to the words of 
Moses in Deuteronomy as he speaks to the people concerning these things, getting ready to go in. Speaking of children who are in rebellion, he says, if a man, in Deuteronomy 21, verse 18, if a man has a stubborn or rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives. And they shall say to the elders of his city, this, is, this our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge the evil from your midst in all Israel shall hear and fear. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that incredible here? As he not only gives the commandment, honor your father and mother, and then as he demonstrates what happens to those who do not. And what we need to see in these passages and what we need to learn is that God considers rebellion to your parents to be the most grievous of sins. God considers rebellion to your parents. This is not, and we come to this, uh, many of us as kids have often thought it was our duty to, to tease our parents. It was our duty to dishonor them. It was our duty not to follow them. This is what all kids do, right? But the scriptures teach us that dishonoring our parents or disrespecting them is the most grievous of sins. It is part of the ten. It's right in the same list as thou shalt not murder or commit adultery or steal. It is a part of the same ones that say, you don't, you don't have any other gods before me or you don't take my name in vain. It's there amidst that. And why is this? Because if you were to live in rebellion to your parents, then there is no way that you could be at peace with God. And hear me when I say this. When I say this as simple as this, if you were to live at rebellion with them, with your parents, there's no way you could be at peace with God in your life. Because of the work of Christ, we're thankful that the punishments for breaking this command are no longer in effect in the same way. Amen? Because of what Christ has done for us, we're thankful for this. But, but do not believe in that same vein that the truth of these passages do not remain. Because to, be, to rebel against your parents is to rebel against God. To rebel against your parents is to rebel against God. God the Father himself. I'm thankful for parents who've been graciously teaching me the gospel from the beginning. I'm thankful for a legacy of those things. But by thankful, what do I mean? I want y'all to know that while I would have probably chosen the same parents I have today thankful for everything they are. I didn't choose them at my birth. And none of us did, right? None of us had that option. So what is the case? The case is that the parents you have are the ones God gave you. The ones he puts you with. They come to you from God and they have a purpose in your life. And so what the father is saying is this, that if you were to rebel against them, you're rebelling against God himself. One of these ten. And to break any of these Ten Commandments brings death. The Scripture teaches that even in the New Testament. For the wages of sin is death. Even when Paul was talking about godlessness in Ephesians chapter 6, 
He's talking about godlessness. Excuse me, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he's talking about godlessness in the last days. Remember what Paul said. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless. On and on he goes. And what does Paul say? Avoid such people. In the list of godlessness amongst the last days, in the list of godlessness amongst those last days, right there with abuse and pride and loving money, greed, lovers of self, right in the midst of ungrateful, unholy, and heartless are those who are disobedient to your parents. The Scriptures are clear that this is a heavy, heavy subject. This is of great importance. This is of great importance as we look to God's Word, as we look to these commandments. It fits here in such a place to say that this relationship, first relationship between your father and your mother, helps to determine all other relationships in your life. You're to honor them. And that honoring of them is a lifetime of work. Honoring them is a lifetime of work. This commandment affects every single one of us in this room for all of us have had parents all of us have had a mother and a father and when we think about this passage we think about all of us in different stages in our life young children young children as they look to the father and mother it's the ones who love them and cared for them the one who feed them and clothes them and protects them it's this one so as you are a young child you need to speak respectfully of them and respectfully to them you need to be under their discipline and seeking their instruction in life for everything you are to do kids as you know will do some crazy stuff and it's up to us parents to stop them from it right and so here we see, uh, I, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and let y'all know, as a kid, I was pretty much close to perfect. But we, we need to understand that I still can understand these things to preach on. Teenagers come along, and we all know teenagers. I feel for whatever teenagers do. A lot of them, they'll be in here in the second service to hear this sermon. I know parents are out of touch and don't have a clue what they're talking about. That was a joke, by the way. But to honor them means we speak well of them, not ill. To honor your parents means that you listen to what they say, their warnings and their wisdoms. Don't roll your eyes when they tell you that it's good for you to be back home at a certain time. Don't roll your eyes when they give you those warnings and those wisdoms. Don't roll your eyes when they make those requests of you on what is right and what is true and for you to do them. But it doesn't just end there. It doesn't just end upon a graduation. It doesn't just end at that time for young, uh, young adults. When you get to be a young adult in your 20s, you realize that your parents suddenly got smarter. The parents know a little more than you really thought they knew. And you must seek their counsel and seek their wisdom to honor them. It means that you look for their blessing. It means that you look for their blessing about decisions in your life and what you are to do. And it doesn't just end with there. As adults, as adults, we give our parents a certain precedence in our life, don't we? If our parents call, we answer. 
We make them a priority in our life. We love them. We appreciate them. We honor them with our presence and with our conversations. We make sure that we call mama at least once a day. Sometimes you skip a day and she fusses, but that's okay. Because we want to make sure that we give them a precedence and a place in our life that we understand the blessing that we had in growing up under their tutelage and their wisdom. And we're thankful for all the sacrifices that they have made for us. We honor them even into our old age. As Proverbs 23, 22 says, listen to your father who gave your life, gave you life. Do not despise your mother even when she is old. Don't tell her she's old either. That should have been added. But even as our parents get older and pass on, we still honor them. We honor them with our lives. We honor them living out the testimony that they have lived out before us. To honor one's father and mother in these ways is to honor God Himself. That's exactly the point of this passage. And don't, don't fret. Don't think this is too hard or too much. We look to even Jesus Christ, our Savior, as a great example, right? Who there on the night that he was betrayed said, Father, not my will, but your will. Submitting himself, honoring his Father in every step and every way. Finally, we honor them in our life, in a full life. Parents, let me speak to you this morning. We must be honorable. As parents, we must be honorable. Maybe this is the question you have been thinking the whole morning. What if my parents do not know God? Because of that, they don't treat me well. They don't give me good advice. They're not there for me. And I have done student ministry and other things in my life where this question has come to me over and over and over again. What if my parents aren't worth honoring, if you will? What if they're not good people? Unfortunately, as I said, this situation is all too common. And it only speaks to the problem of sin in our lives, period. How sin seeks to destroy even the greatest of gifts that God has given to us. It only speaks to how we, we, we look at our life and we can see that when sin enters in, it affects even the most precious relationships to us, our family, our mothers and our fathers. And what I want to say to you is this. While it may be hard sometimes to accept these things, while it may be difficult to look into them, what we must do as a people is keep the fifth commandment. It may be hard for some parents to accept that their children are actually following the Lord. It may be hard for some to accept the fact that their children are actually being successful. Some parents may not be grateful of what their kids have done. Some parents may not be leading them and pointing them. But Jesus makes it clear where there is faith, families are drawn closer together. Where there is trust in the Lord and His promises, where there's trust in the Lord and His Word, then families are brought closer and closer together, not spit apart. But unbelief, unbelief and not following after the Lord, this tears families apart. Unbelief tears lives apart. Jesus said Himself, He came to bring a sword to separate father and son and mother and daughter 
Why is this? Because when the truth comes in, the truth unites. But when unbelief is there, it separates and it tears apart. So when Jesus proclaims the truth, either we are drawing closer together as a people as we seek to follow Jesus, or we are not. We are called to honor our parents. And when I say that, I say we honor the position that they hold in our lives. We honor the place that they are. We are not called to worship them. In fact, the worst thing you could possibly do would be to worship them. That's something your parents cannot handle. That's something they cannot carry. That's a weight they do not have the power to sustain. But what we must do is give them the proper place. What we must do is give them the proper place. We can never, we can never let honoring our parents become in the way of honoring Jesus. We don't honor them in their sin. We don't honor them in their bad advice. We don't honor them in those things. What we do is we give them the proper place in our life to demonstrate our love for God and how we love them, even, even when they may be unlovable. Jesus says, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. When we look at this and we see the effects of sin, we recognize how, we recognize how hard this command is to keep sometimes. But it does not change its presence in God's word. And it does not change the, the, the call for us to follow None of us as parents are perfect. That's true. None of us are perfect in any way. But that doesn't mean we're not to be honored. And the most honorable thing we can do as a parent, the most honorable thing we can do as a parent is point our children to Jesus. In every step of our life, in everything we do, God the Father is our great and glorious example. He has taught us what it means to parent, how it means to love. And so for us as a parent, we don't ever assume that we are what our kids need. We are to always know that what our kids need is for them to follow after Jesus with every part of their life. This command that we have is the first command with the promise. A promise for those who give honor. Paul states in Ephesians 6 to this truth. Honor your father and mother is the first commandment with a promise. And that promise is simple. It says, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. I do not believe that this means we are to simply do this in order to live a long time. The Lord knows. He's, he, he realizes that, that people die. People die at different times. He understands that. I do not mean, I don't believe that what the Lord means is if you honor your father and mother, you're going to live a lot of days. I think he means something even greater than that. More than just the number of years. This has to do with abundant life that we have in this world. If you want blessing from the Lord, if you want to know what his abundant life is, if you want to know what true joy is and satisfaction that can be found in him, if you want to live a full life here on earth, listen to your parents, the Lord is saying. Honor them. Honor them. 
Every study that ever has ever been done has proven the necessity or the need for a family to be intact for the health of the children and the people around it. God knows what's best. And as we consider this morning, graduation Sunday, how good is it? How good is it that our graduates get to hear this message and go into the next stage of their life with a promise? As a parent, I don't know about you, but I've broken a bunch of promises. From we'll get ice cream after this to I'll buy you a pony at some point. We've made those promises over and over again and we've broken them, but here's what's true. Our Father in Heaven has never broken a single promise. And the promise is this. Honor your father and mother and you will live a full life. That's the promise. God makes many promises to us and his track record in keeping them is absolutely perfect. So hold on to the promises of God. Not, that you, not just that you can have redemption and salvation through Christ by trusting in Him, but even more than redemption and salvation, the Lord God has come so that you can have life and have it abundantly. Honor your father and mother, and you will have life and you will have it abundantly, the Scripture says. What a good truth to us. And what's great about these commandments is not only does it put us in a right relationship with God as we seek to love Him. Not only does it put us in a right relationship with God, it puts us in a, a right relationship with others. And we as Christians will be salt and light in this world when we do what God says. And we make the world a better place when we honor our fathers and our mothers. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for this truth. We thank You for Your promises. God, they are good to us. And we recognize this morning that there's no greater promise for us than Jesus Christ our Lord. And so God, if someone is here today that does not know Jesus Christ, maybe they've struggled with relationships, even relationships between their parents. God, I pray that they will trust in Him, knowing that that promise is true. That if anyone believes in Him, they'll have everlasting life. And Father, the broken relationships that may be there in our life, we know that Jesus Christ can fix those. God, help us. Help us as your people to trust in Jesus. And as we consider these students that are graduating and moving on to this big next step in their life, God, may they know, may they know your promises and trust them. All for your glory and all for your name. We put them in your hands, God. Teach them your word. Hold them close to you in a world that is trying to pull them away. God, help us as your church to never cease from praying. Praying for them, praying for one another. So that, God, we will be found faithful, faithful in your sight. All for your name we pray. In Jesus Christ's name.